Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, this is Paco Polita and welcome to this La Liga Lowdown bonus episode with Radio Stakhanov. We are back to our stadium sit-down format. One more week, this is a bonus spot which you can enjoy uh, on the usual uh, platforms. And we are going to talk all about Valencia Club de Football. We're talking about Valencia Centenario, the centenary which is upon us and we are a few meters away from the Mestalla Stadium. In fact, we have the Plaza de la Afición with that well-known statue of Valencia fans called Monumento a la Afición. And here we are in a bright evening with a spectacular weather and with a couple of guests who are hardcore Valencianistas who have plenty of things to say. I'll start with the president of the Peña Chescandinavia, the Chescandinavia fan club, we could say, Hans Christian Lange. Hans, good evening. Good evening, Paco. Um, you're from Norway, right? I am from Norway, yes. And how this, did this project uh, come to fruition? You know, joining forces with Valencianistas from other countries, obviously in the Scandinavian zone, um, to become one and to become a peña for uh, Valencia Club de Football? I think uh, during the early years of the 2000s, when Valencia was on top, uh, we had a lot of we had Swedish player, yeah, Jukki Björklund. Uh, that is, Norway. by the way, a uh, masklet. Uh, people don't uh, be frightened. That is usual. That happens in Valencia. You know, Hans, the first time you came to Valencia, you should have been afraid of that. But now you are used to it totally, right? I've loved it from the first second, <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> He'll tell you as well. I'm crazy about uh, petards. Yeah, petardos. Petardos. So, uh, you guys, in the early uh, 2000s, when Valencia was on top, there were players uh, who were from... Björklund, a defender, if I remember mm-hmm. properly, a centre-back, and it all sparked from there on, right? It started out there, and we had this uh, forum on the internet where we started discussing and shared the idea of creating a Peña up there in the Nordics, and at that time there wasn't a lot of international Peñas. Um, I think there was one before us, but we were the second. Uh, uh-huh. So we started this collaboration between Norway and Sweden Yeah. back in 2007, 2008, when Valencia also met Elfsborg in the uh-huh. Europa League or UEFA Cup yeah. at that time. Yeah. 
So that's when we kind of started the official journey of the Supporter Club. We are also with uh, Oscar Selied, who is Swedish, by the way. Oscar, good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Tell me, uh, both because you are veterans uh, in Fayas, uh, Valencia um, totally revamps itself when Fayas come around, mm -hmm. and uh, you guys have uh, come actually quite a, a, a lot in the last few years. Uh, Hans, you've been for 10 years straight, more or less. That is correct, yes. And what about you? No, this is actually my second time here. Your second time? Yes. Okay, let, let's talk about your team. A wild season, right? Uh, it began like it's been like a roller coaster at the beginning of the season with uh, not that much happiness to, to no. uh, give around. But I believe right now we're in a pretty good place. We talk about uh, Valencia, right, Oscar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, when I played football back in the days, I, I've been a defender throughout my life. Yeah. And I've always enjoyed a good defense. And I, I think we had, had a solid defense throughout the entire season. I've been playing really well through that. But, I mean, I'm, our biggest struggle has been the off like the offensive side. Hmm. Uh, we haven't scored the score that we needed. And uh, I think uh, we lacked some of that fury that we had last year. Uh, some of, uh, I don't know, like the passion in the field. It was sort of felt that we lacked that in the beginning of the season. But I think we're picking that up now and actually getting on that momentum right now. So it's, it feels the better. The team improving. I believe that that's uh, the, the general opinion uh, amongst the fans' hands. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, I both expected a really hard season. Uh, I said so before the season even, that this was, was not going to be like this perfect journey that uh, a lot of people were talking about after the signing of Bacuayi and so on. But I think we've been able to turn it around. It's really impressive. I kind of lost faith in Marcelino at one point. Really? But then it just lasted one week and then you got it back. So it was only one week of, of faithless hands. Okay. Yes, correct. But I'm, I'm impressed in the way that the team has turned it around and that we're still competing in three competitions. It's the only Spanish team aside from Barcelona in that position to compete in three competitions. I think it's all there for the taking. So if we can just grab those points, make those draws, some wins, and get that fourth place, it will be an amazing season for <laughs> Valencia. You uh, slightly uh, talked about uh, Batsuaji. I actually don't remember Batsuaji as a Valencia player. <laughs> Only two months have passed, but um, there are some players that haven't been up to par this season. Uh, Batsuaji comes to mind immediately. I don't know if you guys had much more faith in him that, for example, Hans had in Martellino for that <laughs> single week. But has he been the biggest disappointment this year? Yeah, in one way. I mean, you went out with really big hopes of him because of the result he did, like the goals he scored back in Dortmund when he was, like, he was a fantastic player. So I had really high hopes. It was probably my favorite signing, actually, of the year. So that is definitely the biggest disappointment. I, I think he actually played decent from time to time and everybody was a bit harsh on him but at the end I think it was the right thing for the team actually to get rid of him as well so could you think about another player who hasn't delivered on on its promise hands I think uh, there's a lot of players that in the beginning of the season performed below the level we were hoping uh, Rodrigo comes to main mm -hmm. but he's really turned it around now But in the beginning of the season, you, you mm -hmm. kind of hoped that he would be the, the, the guy who kind of pulled this Valencia towards that fourth, third place, even challenging Atletico for the third place. But he wasn't able to deliver. 
uh, in the beginning. And I think for me that is part of the disappointment because there was a lot of talk about him leaving as well in the summer and we were all very pleased that he stayed. It's really important for the team. But even though you can see he wanted to, he was not able to, to deliver that to the team. So aside from Batshuayi, which I also had great hopes for, I think for me that was at least in the beginning of the season the biggest disappointment. Um, what about the opposite? There are players, obviously some of them, who have been um, very good uh, through and through since day one, match day one, till the the, um, the point we are currently at. Uh, Gaia comes to mind. I don't know if, if he might be the, the, the MVP this season, but uh, who, who do you think that has been the most consistent Valencianista uh, this year? Well, I mean, I think it's either uh, Jose Gaia or Pareco. I mean, both of them have been, I mean, especially this uh, the spring for Pareco has been amazing. I, I don't think I've ever seen him this, like this good before. But Gaia as well. So I think it's a combination, like either Pareco or Gaia is the best player. Pareco Gaia, someone else, Hans? Garay for me. Garay for Definitely. you? Definitely. Yeah. He's, you see, when he's not there, the defense is not the same. And the defense this season has been amazing compared to, if you look two seasons back, yeah. what the defense was, it was just a mess. Now, if you have Garay there, you're fine. No matter who you put next to him, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But when he's not there, like last match, we'll let in two goals. Instantly. Um, why has the team turned it around? What has come together in the in the last two or three months? I mean, I, I think it's a combination of skill and luck, of course. Uh, when you don't get those results that you need, and at the end, like you lose some some games, you start getting the momentum of like not feeling as a winning team. I think that we've reached a conversion now that, that we're sort of getting closer to being a winning team, so to say. Uh, and I mean, you can see it in the last game when we, we like Ferrantovic scored in the last minutes, the, like we one like one man off sent off as well. I mean, those wins is usually the sign of being a, a winning team, so to say. So you have the confidence to actually go forward when, when it's needed. So I, I think it's a lot about confidence. I, I think that is one of the main contributors to why things have changed. Because tactically, things hasn't changed. We're still very stable at the back, mm. but we're starting to score some great goals. I mean, Rodrigo's like the shape of Rodrigo's in as well. Right now, it's contributing a lot to it. So I think it's a combination of that. Like Rodrigo scoring those goals and then getting the confidence that we need to actually move on. Beyond. Marcelino stated again and again that the biggest problem was not being able to score and not being accurate in, in front. Uh, but I don't think that's the only reason, right? Now, for me, it's it was also a bit about attitude and how you approach the season. It seemed like a lot of the players just took it kind of for granted and also didn't follow the rules of that Marcelino put in place. And I think when you were put in a situation where you had to choose, are you supporting Marcelino? Or are you still continuing to kind of disobey the weight rules, the, the regime that is put in place? Then they chose to, to stay with the manager. I think people like Batuai was exempted somehow from yeah. the rules. Yeah. And then it kind of creates some friction internally in the club. <laughs> when you get rid of that... It seems like, for me, it's very visible in Gamero. In the beginning of season, if you look at the body language between Gamero and Rodrigo... They didn't understand each other. At all. At mm -hmm. all. They didn't understand each other. If you see now, they're like best buddies yeah. on the field. 
that has changed a lot. That's for me the kind of biggest change from the beginning to now. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest night of the whole season. I believe was the day against Getafe. Mm. Um, Copa del Rey has been the the biggest dream for Valencia fans in the in the last few months because obviously you have finally reached a final after 11 seasons. That's a lot of time. That's a whole decade yeah. and a year plus. Tell me, guys, about Copa del Rey. How suddenly this little, uh, in some way, competition became Valencia's biggest priority. How the players and the manager and the and the staff uh, made this competition attractive for the fans, and especially how did you guys live that Getafe rousing night <laughs> at home? I guess you were at home, uh, yeah. wherever you were living at that point. Uh, how did you live that Getafe uh, uh, screamer of, of an ending? Wow, well, um, I mean. <sighs> <laughs> Firstly, with what the club is bringing up, I think that is coming back to that. I mean, Valencia has always been a big club. Yeah. Or I mean, so so from that point on, as fans of Valencia, we are also we have the expect the expectancies of the club as well to be a winning club. And actually gaining some of a momentum, I think that has really affected the season as like in a total as well. It was a turning having, point. It was a big turning point for the club. So, so that was like amazing to see. I like for me personally, uh, like we didn't even have broadcasting rights in Sweden. Really? So I, I find some shitty stream that I could watch <laughs> that was barely showing the game, but but. Uh, I mean, it, it was amazing, uh, and it, it, like that turns to the game to like this Sunday's when it's going to be really interesting to see like what's going to happen around the game. It's lots of uh, unfinished business. <laughs> it's a lot of unfinished <laughs> business, but but for me, I mean, the behold of that game was Kang In Lee. That was an amazing performance, and uh, I was yeah, it was an eye opener. Like how good this, this kid is. He's amazing. We are going to talk quite a lot later in yeah. part two of, of this uh, special podcast about Kanji Lee. Uh, Hans, as the president of Peñache Scandinavia, did you keep your shit together when Valencia <laughs> moved on to semifinals or you became uh, ecstatic, uh, out of your mind? Because it was a wild ride from start to finish, a 93rd minute win, and also the way the people celebrated, the fans. I think that people needed the, that kind of um, happiness for once because the, the agony had been so so long I was all alone in my garden in Norway <laughs> screaming like a crazy person so I'm your, neighbor, your neighbor should be in this podcast and we yeah. should ask them about yourself I've moved <laughs> you'll I, be out of the city moved. already <laughs> but for me it's special as well because I was there in 2008 I, I lived in Spain at that season I lived in Barcelona so you know you'd constantly get nagged about how bad is Valencia doing at the moment and then you get this final you go there and you experience this this win yeah. at the end of the worst season ever I just remember on Morientes goal yeah. the 3-1 goal in the that header final. straight yeah. in I just turned around I hugged some big hairy sweaty Spanish guy <laughs> and just jumped up and down 
yeah, it was amazing. So this semifinal was kind of reliving a little bit of that. Yeah. Just getting the test. Maybe in Sevilla something similar is going to happen. Um, later, after the Getafe win, came around Betis. Betis was also beaten to submission and the fans celebrated moving into a final 11 years later, which is, by the way, the perfect spot to wrapping it up in this part one of this chat. Lots of hot topics coming up. For example, young talent, Kanjin Lee, you talked about him earlier. The centenario, we had to talk about Valencia's centenary. We can also talk about what is going to happen here on March 23rd. Norway is going to play against Spain in uh, the stadium, which is only 20 meters away from us. And there's also the Legends game. Partido de las Leyendas. That is going to be awesome. But that would be after the break. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So here we are once again in La Liga Lowdown special podcast talking about Valencia, all things Valencia Club de Football in their centenary year. And we had left the conversation talking about Kanji Lee, who has been arguably one of the biggest uh, breakouts, not only this season in Valencia, but I would say in the whole La Liga. Mm -hmm. What do you see, Oscar, in Kanji Lee as the difference-making trait or characteristic because he had so many qualities but yeah. tell me about one of them you gotta give it to him for the creativity I, I, I think like the way that he sees the passes uh, I think it displayed it's fantastic against uh, Getafe when he, he cut through those passes uh, to, to both of the goals actually I mean he mostly getting credit for the last goal but I mean the second goal as well was yes. part of his doing as well so his vision of the game is definitely like his biggest attribute I'd say Passes, vision, he has quality when dribbling. He also tries, uh, though he hasn't had the chance. Because that is the, the second part of this argument. What is going on with Kanji Lee's hands? He hasn't been seen lately. I don't really know the reason. Okay, I've made my uh, questioning and asked people around. But it's a bit weird, right? Seeing Kanji Lee so much and suddenly not seeing him at all. 
I think it's connected with uh, Geddes coming back. You have Sobrino and also playing in the wide uh, positions. You have Cheryshev performing really well, even though I'm not a huge fan of him. Oh, really? <laughs> but uh, he's done really well. He like creates assists and goals. So it's very difficult for a young player to come in to such a side with all these other players performing and giving end result particularly if it was up to me he would play a lot more <laughs> because I think he has something special he has that thing you saw with Silva with Mata yeah. something that they, they add some flavor to the game and I would wish that Marcelino was a little bit more open to letting him perform as he can let him play let him learn the trade for me as well I see one of the challenges is that we're playing a, a pretty straightforward 4-4-2 but can you leave for me he's a drop striker I mean I'd love to see him in a 4-2-3-1 yeah. I'd love to see him as that like center of the midfielders I think he would perform magic from there but Marcelino is really stuck to the system and I mean the system is paying off mm. so it's hard to criticize him about that but I'd love to see him in that Role. Yeah, we touched upon that earlier, um, and that's a civil, the silver lining uh, in the way Marcelino manages the, the young talent, uh, Ferran Torres. He's not having that uh, many chances to shine, but for example, uh, against Girona, you talked, Oscar, about him earlier. Uh, he was amazing in the way he ran the play and also the way he finished, Yeah, because he's a very talented kid when uh, scoring mm -hmm. and we have seen that we saw that in a goal in Copa del Rey I believe where he dribbled and dribbled and then finished with the, with the left I believe and against Girona he was like the the, the iconic uh, 93rd minute win which is by the way uh, Valencia's trademark this season in the past Valencia used to lose in that minute exactly. but now Valencia wins games Ferran could be an example of what Marcelino wants to do with Kanji Lee mm. although in my opinion I don't know about you I still believe very few minutes are given to, to Ferran. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? No, definitely. I, I mean, I'd love to see him more. I, I think, for once, we have a pretty broad squad. I think there hasn't been a chance for Valencia for, for quite some time now that we had a, a pretty narrow squad. We have a really good first-team lineup, but as soon as people get injured, uh, like the backup isn't, isn't there anymore. But right now, we have a really good first-team first squad, and we have some like really good substitutes to put on as well. So the, like, the discussion is, how do you <laughs> prioritize that? And I... I I'd love to see both Kang Yin Lee and Ferran play, play more. I mean, coming out of the academy, they are really crucial to the future of the club as well. Talking about future and talking about present, um, being here right next to Mestalla Stadium, being here in the place where it actually it's pretty crazy to think when uh, the team gets to the stadium and you see sometimes those uh, videos of fans gathering outside the stadium waiting for the bus to come here with the flares, with the chants, with the clapping. It doesn't even seem like the same square. We are right now here watching Mestalla in a very relaxed mood. But shit gets crazy here. And I wanted to ask you about that um, atmosphere that you guys get to live when you finally come to Valencia. I guess that that's one of the biggest draws to, to get to, to the city and enjoy it live. 
do you remember the first time you set foot here and went to a Mestalla game, what you felt? For example, Hans, you're the press, you get the first question. Yeah, I remember, I, I went there when I was really little, yeah. like three years old. I don't remember as much, but in 2001-2002 season, when Valencia ended up winning the league, I was here against Mallorca with the two and all the big players they had at the time. It was a really, really close game. Valencia controlled the game, but they couldn't score. And in the 86th minute, I believe, Mista scored. Yeah. And I just, I get goosebumps whenever I talk about that moment. That was the moment when I really fell in love with Valencia. In Definitely. your case, Oscar, which was that moment? For me, actually, this is, this is actually my second time being here. So I went here to see the Atletico Madrid game. I think it was three years ago. Yeah. Tough loss. And for me, still, it was like the Mestalla Stadium is something out of the ordinary. Like... It's no stadium like Mestalla. So It's like a big church for you. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And for me, like I've, I've been a like, Valencia fan since I was 10, 11 years old. So that was just like a dream come true to be here. Even though we lost the game, even though everything went down as it did, I, I was so happy of just experiencing the game and so on. So Getafe next Sunday is going to be my second game, so I'm really looking forward to that. Because this season, as I, we talked earlier, um, is the centenary season. Mm -hmm. A hundred years is not a, 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 a petty landmark. Not those many clubs can uh, talk about that they are centenary. In Valencia's case, for example, um, what is the thing which, uh, Oscar, you believe that uh, defines this club, this team, maybe this crowd, this fan base? Uh, because there are uh, many different people thinking about how to define a specific team or a specific club. How would you define the Valencia, which is going to be, uh, in the next few days, 100 years old? That's a big question. We're, we're here to talk about big issues. <laughs> yes. Big topics. <laughs> the really big issues of the world. No, uh, for me, taking the location of Mestalla as being the heart of the city of Valencia, I, I think it's really like getting the city together. For, for me, it's always been about the way we have played the game. Yeah. Like the, the, the Valencia way of playing. It's always been an attractive way of playing football. And that was, for me, when I started, that was just the thing that got me hooked on, on Valencia, the way that they play football. And we can talk about all the icons, not only about players, but maybe the, the bats the colors the, the black and white which actually reflects pretty well what is uh, being a Valencianista blacks and whites yeah. uh, being very happy suddenly and then very very sad and very angry about the team or whatever has gone down um, but yeah uh, in your case Hans as, as the president of, of uh, Peñache Scandinavia what does the centenario the centenary mean for you? For me it's just joy there's so much history there's so much fighting along those hundred years being from a smaller city than Barcelona Madrid that have won so much but Valencia kind of bites back every uh, every ten years or so Valencia is there and gets this win there's so much more joy in that win yeah. than all you can give Madrid or Barcelona ten wins and I won't celebrate those tens added together as much as the one here 
Yeah. You kind of punch from below. You, you can claw your way up. And you win by, by this grit, this uh, Bronco y Copero. Yeah, being the underdog, basically. Yes. Bronco y Copero is, would be like being the toughest nails and, 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 and Copa del Rey, in this case, is related because Valencia has traditionally been a, a very good team when playing Copa del Rey. Um, the last few questions, because we're going to end this podcast on a high note. There's a big game coming up here with Spain as the main protagonist against Norway. I guess Hans has quite a lot to say about that game uh, on uh, Saturday the 23rd. Uh, what is going on in that game? Who are you rooting for? Because there's Norway, because there's <laughs> Spain. What is going to be that game for you? Uh, for me, it will be very strange because I've followed Spain almost as closely as Valencia. Not as close, but uh, I've been to... I witnessed the European Championship in Ukraine. I was there in the final. Yeah. So I'm typically rooting for Spain when uh, because Norway is never in any championship. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will be comfortably seated in the away uh, section for, for once in Mestalla. That will be weird as well. Uh, but that will be quite neutral, I think. Okay, and uh, 24 hours later, we have Partido de las Leyendas on March 24th, which is going to be pretty special because I don't know if you guys have a, like an iconic player, uh, which is yours, by the way, Oscar. For me, it's Pablo Aymar. Pablo Aymar. is definitely like, he, I, I think actually that was the player that got me to root for Valencia. Yeah, you Into know, Valencia. when I just when I saw him play, that was something out of the ordinary, you know, like, so Pablo Aymar definitely. Okay, Pablo Aymar, and what about you, Hans? I have actually two. I have, uh, when I was three years old, is the whole reason I became a Valencia fan was that my father bought me a Mario Kempis shirt. Okay. Uh, like a replica or whatever, but that Ma Mario was... Kempis is going to be at that game. He's not going to play because he's quite old. And the other one was? The other one is David Villa. David Villa. Okay. Because I've always kind of identified myself as a striker, even though I play as a goalkeeper, but I want to be a striker. <laughs> so we have like a goalkeeper who wanted to be a striker, and in Oscar's case, he was always the roughest uh, defender in the room. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap it up with, obviously, a big question for you guys, um, because there are going to be a lot of Valencianistas listening to this um, special podcast, and um, want to know little things about Fallas and Valencia itself. For example, in your case, the super president of Peñache Scandinavia, you already know this city from top, top to bottom. Uh, how would you attract uh, foreigners here and tell them to come to watch a game live to Valencia? Pitch Valencia to them in 30 seconds. So I would pitch Valencia and Fires because it's an amazing experience. You have the fireworks, the, the smell of powder in the air, the yeah, ground shaking. We have shaking. listened actually to the yeah. fireworks <laughs> exactly. live in this podcast. Okay, And then... There's always a match in Valencia at that time, so you can combine the, the two. You get the beach, you get the paella, which is Valencian, by the way. Oh, right. Important. <laughs> and the people are amazing. You have to come to Valencia. That's why he's the president. He's the, the best spokesperson here for and the biggest uh, <laughs> defender of, of Valencia as a city and also Valencia as a I yell at exactly. people for saying weird stuff is in Paella. No, no, no. Paella only Paella Valenciana. You already know that. Okay, so that's it for today. Um, I want people to know that they can find you actually in social media. Uh, in your case, Oscar, do you have a Twitter handle? I do, but I'm not that active actually. Like, oh, okay. but it's all sell hit. Okay. So. What about you, Hans? Yeah, mine is M-U-L-U 83 Mulu 83 Mulu 83 you can find him uh, and the whole uh, Chescandinavia by the way uh, which has uh, its own Twitter handle which is Great. at Chescandinavia right? 
Yeah. Okay. So we have already everything uh, wrapped up, and obviously, guys, thanks a lot for uh, being our guests here in this special podcast, talking all about Valencia, all about the season, which we expect to end properly on May 25th with a big win for Valencia against uh, Barcelona. Thanks, we'll guys. be there. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Back Hans and Oscar, who have been here with uh, us, and obviously, you have to thank everyone who has been listening to this special podcast for La Liga Lowdown. Remember that you can follow us at La Liga Lowdown, that you can give a five-star rating to this show, especially with like nice reviews. And uh, we will see you next time. This was a Radio Staccato production. 